You're listening to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back, Old School, J Foreman, DP, Jabba Chamberlain, Stephen F. Forrest. We're out here at T- Tanner's 30th and Yankee Hill. Before break, we were talking about winning. <laughs> that could be like a... That could be like a four that's, day four day uh, tutorial or whatever. That's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. I just think winning is one of those things. Once you experience it, you're willing to do anything and everything to get back. That you just it does so many things for you. But I think right now it's hard for athletes to really to understand what we say is because we played sports unconditional. They do it now with conditions. Unconditionally playing is knowing that you you're going to show up every day. Be in tune with what you need to do individually and obviously collectively if you're, you know, in a team aspect and give everything, give your all and then some with no guarantee to win. A conditional athlete or conditional, conditionally showing up like that, they want to know what they're going to get if they do it. And so the investment is hard to get, but if you, and that's why culture is so huge. And sometimes, you know, being a champion has nothing to do with being uh, with winning the you know trophy. It's about how you go about embracing the process. And obviously, we struggled at that time at times like that here in Nebraska. Um, but you know, I always say this: I, if I could wish one thing for these kids on, on for Christmas, is the experience of winning a game or winning a championship, or in this case, making a bowl game. Um, because obviously I we we I did it we did it so much in college it was taken for or wasn't taken for granted but we did it, but these guys haven't experienced it and that's why it's so huge. But you say you take it for granted. Well, I don't take it for granted. I just figured like we just did what we did. But that's my point. Yeah. It that's a mindset. Yeah. It's like we knew we were going to go out and do that, and that's like before we left break. It was like we were talking about winning, but winning is a mindset. Right. It's understanding the fact that when you step on the field, I'm better than you. Yeah. Even if I'm not. Right. Even if I'm not, if I have the mindset, I'm going to go prove it to you that I'm better than you. And I think we had so many guys in every aspect. Like, I I look at my mindset when I – I knew dudes that I pitched against were better than me. Right. I knew they were. But they weren't going to outwork me. Right. And you guys in the same aspect, and I can ask you this question, is like you knew it's like you had to challenge each other. And it was like I didn't – I went to Division two at high school. Right. Then I went to Nebraska. We had a kid. He was like, oh, he's going to be a third-round pick, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that ain't it. I'm going to go beat him. I'm going to be the Friday night guy. Right. And so you guys were so successful because I feel like you guys challenged each other every day. So is is that a mindset of the people they bring in? Or is it what they do yeah. and teach? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I think one thing that Coach Osborne doesn't get enough credit for is his uh, – the psychology about how or how he went, at least in my opinion, recruited kids and then had certain kids in their in the same in the room. So you know you had an older alpha or a potential, and then with the who would take you know somebody else younger underneath there. Then you had a guy that had more edge, 
that would push each other and maybe wasn't as uh, crisp in everything he did, but he's the guy that's going to be the tempo setter. Then you had guys that would just, you know, always, you know, shut up and show up. And so the way he built his room where you would just – you would constantly challenge each other. Um, you had guys that would push each other's buttons to see how far they could push you just to see if you would quit or not. Coaches would challenge you, but it's all for the betterment of yourself. And how – and we knew if you were – you know, you were mentally tough. And I, mentally tough is just – it's not even about – People think, like, toughness is, like, always they equate it to going and, like, you know, beating somebody up. Toughness <laughs> is essentially doing a lot of things that you don't want to do, but doing it to the maximum even though you don't want to do it. And that's – I mean, that's a part of it. I mean, but that's a big thing that separated us. There was days that you think we showed up every day not sore, wanting to hit, wanting to take on ISOs, but we thought it's worth it when we win a championship the ISO doesn't feel as bad. And at the same time, like the one thing of all of that that you said, Jay, like shut up or show up. Yeah. That's it. And that's in life. That's not only in in what you do on the field in every aspect. Shut up or show up. Yeah. Be about it. Yeah. Understand what it is. Like you got a problem, let's figure it out. Either you're going to show up or you're going to shut up. Because at the same time, when you shut up, see ya. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, people don't understand. If you go back and, like, there's never, uh, I was thinking about this, there's never any championship teams, doesn't matter any sport, that doesn't go through adversity. You got to think, like, say Buffalo goes on and wins the, you know, the Super Bowl. You would say Buffalo. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> only reason I'm saying is because I they. I love they, Josh Allen, by the they, way. They just yeah. lost. Miller for the whole season. That's a mm-hmm. Hall of Fame player. That's a closer. And that's an excuse to not. That's an excuse. But if, if, if they, you're looking for one, right? That's it. So if, that's the adversity you come overcome. Right. Say they end up, say they potentially lose a game that they weren't supposed to, and then they got to go through like the wild card round to do it. Um, San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's out. You know, now can can you get Purdy to do it? The Dallas Cowboys had Cooper Rush. In all the times, like, where the Patriots, you know, they'd have key guys out. Then they somehow get a guy that was on the practice squad to step in and make a big play. Troy Brown playing receiver in, in safety. Heck, I saw some one time they had Troy Brown at safety, Julian Elliman playing slot corner. So these are the things when you're thinking about when you win and you're celebrating and you're thinking, like, you know what, all of it's worth it. Um, see Ed Reed up there, and he's talking about the time when they what really changed when uh, Harbaugh was a newer coach there, and they they were extremely physical practices, and you got a lot of veterans that are Hall of Fame players. During the bye week, they decided we're going to embrace it, but then also we're going to start worrying about the details, and it came all the way down to the locker room being clean. And so towels on the floor. So, you got to imagine a grown one grown man talking to another about you not keeping your space clean in the in the big scheme of things when you're you know four and four going into the bye week means minimal because you're focused on trying to get the next win and there's not a direct correlation in the in the lazy mind but then it led to the small details and how you went about practice studying and then playing and they end up winning a championship and my whole thing is I go back to this in the baseball aspect that is literally what we say, Wally Pip. Do you know who Wally yeah. Pip is? Yeah, he took a day off. Took a day off. What did Lou DeGuerre did? Made, made it his crib. Yeah. 2,600. 
Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy. Yeah. He knew when he got his chance, he wasn't going to let that up. Is 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 that? I mean, Jay talks about the, the not wanting regret to be a part of of your process. Yeah, the pain of discipline is right. worth the worth the agony. It's worth not experiencing the agony of regret. That's the worst feeling. That's why I always talked about Nebraska coming back from Ireland, and you heard players talking about, well, we didn't hit for two weeks. The regret of thinking when I'm on that eight-hour flight, thinking, well, just think if maybe we hit two practices. Maybe if we hit the Thursday before the Saturday game, we wouldn't have missed so many tackles. And Where did we go wrong? Do, do you think, too, in that aspect of, like, what, what they say is, like, when, when does a leader – on that team, I don't care if they're a captain or not, says, hey, I think we need to do something different. Right. And is, is, is do you feel like as a player, and we've all been in that yeah. situation, when is that okay? Or do you see that aspect of them being able to say that? Well, that all depends on the coach. relationship to coach and yeah. stuff like that. But you yeah. definitely would like to have that to be – an option because it doesn't matter even what level that you're coaching at. Once you get kids of a certain age, and I know I've realized this in basketball, is oh, that um, oh, don't get me started on basketball, is, Jay. Don't, is, don't uh, get me started on basketball, Jay. Please is, don't. As my kids got older, I would ask them, "What are you seeing? How are you feeling?" They're playing because <laughs> what they view as could be going on in the game, or what they know is because they're playing it. Oh boy. <laughs> is not maybe what I'm seeing sitting over there on the bench, and so that's I, the first question off the floor. That's literally yeah, the first but question I mean, off I, the floor. but then you got, but then they have a relationship where they they feel like they can say it. Yeah, and, and yeah. I might be like, no, nah, that's and that's, and sometimes what you're seeing isn't, or what you're feeling as a player isn't really what's happening. But those lines of communication has got to be there because you know what? I just felt like okay, if this is what they're seeing, and we're okay, let's try this. They're going to take more ownership of it. So even if it's not right, it'll work out, ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Can we have a show on just basketball, please? Because I'm at this point, too, and you know as well as I do, in all of sports, there's politics and everything that goes right. along with it. But it is literally like watching my son as a junior in high school. The frustrating part is watching somebody that is a better player and watching somebody play in front. And do you think that's? That's a big part of it, uh, which is, again, we're not used to, I just, I mean, I, I've i never experienced Lincoln sports. I, I've never experienced, I just, I just I've never <laughs> done this before. This is all new to me, man. I and, love and, that. And, I love that you just said that. I love that you just said that. It's all new to me. Um, <laughs> And, welcome. And, and, I'm just uh, say welcome. It, and it's hard. I coach. I've coached. You know, we club basketball. I mean, it's kind of like what I, you know. You earn. You get what you earn. Um. But that's just not the way it is right now. And um. You know, the one thing I will say: high school seasons aren't as paramount if they have aspirations to go to college as club ball because they can go. And the reason why they can go and watch you play five games versus one good game or one bad game, right? Make a fair evaluation, but. It means something to them because they're playing in front of their friends, family, colleagues, and they're playing against their old a, a teammate that they have in the summer or spring and people that they all kind of measure themselves against. And, and the one thing I will say this about this as well is the players know. Right. You know that. Right. 
you know who can deal and who can get down and who can't. And it does. And they all. And here's what is really unique: is they watch two years under them and two years above them, so they know every player. And with social media and people being able to post their highlights, they all know about each other. And so, uh, well, and, and 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 those situations oft, often answer your question. They go back to, well, why am I playing here instead of playing AAU ball? Why play ba- high school basketball versus that's AAU? That's what it's going to come down that's to. That's what it comes down that to. Might, that might be part of the deal, and that's why you got to make sure the relationships are, are key. The communication is key. The ability, and communication is being able to approach a coach and try to get it. Now, you might not like the answer. Right. Right, but as long as you're getting a response and a legitimate answer – Generally, you, you you know I you know I, I figure I can deal with it. But I think communication is, is is the one thing that gets misunderstood in the aspect of exactly what you said. It's like you may not like the answer, but at the same time, let me be able to come talk to you and not feel like I'm getting attacked or yeah. it, 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 I'm going to be punished for that. Right. Yeah. There's a, yeah and that's there's the way a, it should yeah, be. Yeah. It's like hey. What do I need to do to be better? Right. Like, is there something that I'm not doing? Well, as a coach, you appreciate the player asking you that. Right. Like, yeah, literally you asking made, you, you that question. made my job easier. Yeah. And then, just, actually, you know, to be honest with you, as a coach, there's things that you might not see that you might that you two might be doing well. So then I'm like, okay, well, okay, maybe we need to work on your ball handling. Maybe you need to work on your off-the-ball defense. Maybe you need to run the court harder. Well, then I'm watching Job or, or DP and say, okay, let me see if they're improving it. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? He's been doing this really well. Let me go back and watch some tape. And so it's, again, it's the attention to detail. Those are the small things. The small things are as simple as communication. Doing the uncommon things uncommonly yeah. well. Right. Well, I asked the, I, that's when I know I'm coaching at my highest level, when I ask that question and then I hear the answer. So, DP, let me ask to you a question. Hear the, actually hear the player say, because they're asked, what do you see? And they may, they may be wrong, right. but they may be right. Yep. And exactly. that can be the difference between when we turn the corner and don't, t- right. don't turn the corner. Because I think that's an aspect of what it is. It's like I may see something that you don't see, but you may see something that I don't see. But when you have the communication as a coach and you have the openness in the activity of what it is to where it's like, hey, we're going to say something, but you're able to say something back and not feel like you're going to get yeah. nope. It's always – it, we, we, in, in coaching speak, in the vacuum I'm in, we call it shared IQ. What you know as a player, what I know as a coach, but what we know together makes us better, both better yeah. at what we do. So it's the good stuff. But this is why we bring in Jabba to have these conversations. Jay Foreman, Jabba, well done. Job well done. This is a great deal. We want to thank the folks from Tanners for allowing us to come hang out. Uh, for two hours each, you know, this Wednesday, we'll do it again soon. Jabba, you and I have a conversation to have. We're we going to have one. Yeah, we got to get this done. Thank you all for listening, you folks in the text line, you folks on this live stream. We greatly appreciate you. This has been exceptional. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>